0: of that. So I'm not sure how your week was this week. Looking at this crowd, some of us probably had a great week, some of us probably had a week, and maybe some of us had a not so good of a week. Not sure where you're at. My week probably was leaning towards the, it wasn't a great week for the Assad household. You know, still working on the diverticulitis. You know, got another CAT scan. Oh, Todd, you got a little nodule on your your uh, lung you want to get that checked out oh my goodness gonna get that checked out oh you might have passed a kidney stone how do you tell that from a cat scan (laughs) and then he said uh, at insult injury you got a fatty liver (laughs) then after that I threw my jacket off and I'm like let's do it right now baby (laughs) you call me a fatty liver we're we're going down So, I got some work to do. Then my dog, Bowser. Nine pounds of attitude. He's got bladder stones. He's three years old and he has like 25 bladder stones. I'm not going to tell you how much it's going to cost. But I went to Bowser and I said, Bowser... That's number one. And there is no number two. The real bad news is that Bowser probably took Marley's number one. So Marley might not even get a number one. You know, when they're puppies, they're cheap and fun to be with. As they get older, you start counting the costs. Well, we counted the costs this week. And then, I mean, I think something else happened this week, didn't it? I mean, I don't know what happened. Um, Something else happened this week, and I'm like, good night. Just, you know, whatever. So, I'm not sure how your week was. We could have a lot of fun going around this group and just say, how was your week? But hey, you know what? It's good to be with the brothers and sisters. It's good to come together. It's good to come and worship God and appreciate the new song that Alan taught us and the singing. Uh, I think that was good. So, you know, we've been uh, doing a series here. heard Adam did a great job last week. Patty and I were down in Houston. You probably didn't notice I wasn't here, but uh, I know Adam did a good job, and uh, we did a parenting class down at the Houston Church, and it was really good. Um, Doug's been asking me, literally for years to come down to visit. It's like, "No, no, 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 no. And then in January he's like, "Please, Todd, come." And I was like, "All right, we'll come." And so it was good to be there with the Houston group. So but we're doing a, a small series on the ministry of Jesus. Now, you're at church. You're here. You're, you're singing. You're praying. You're being with us. There's something in you that wants to look at God, look at Jesus. So you're here instead of maybe being at, at home watching TV or sleeping in or whatever you want to do maybe on a, on a morning. But bottom line, you're here because something about the ministry of Jesus has affected your heart. We've been talking about preaching. Preaching to a lost world. Teaching. Keeping the saved saved. Healing people. And you know, you look at all this stuff and, and it's like, you know, you ask yourself, what's really important? What's really important? Information overload. TV, internet, newspaper, magazines, information, overload. What's really important? We have this story, situation of Jesus. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the, the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher? What is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the f- great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourselves. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. You know, this, this question like, what's the most important thing? What's the greatest question literally had been debated by the jews and the religious leaders for centuries they were just saying what's really the bottom line what's the most important and and you know they had the thing called the selma it's like oh the lord the god the lord is one obey him with all your heart soul strength and mind you know a couple weeks ago i talked about you know being insecure i can't tell you how many times over the course of 30 years it's like am i doing what's right Am I doing what God wants me to do? I want to know. And Jesus gives an answer. He answers the question. But then he adds another. He gives one and then two responses to the question. <clears throat> so I have a question for you. Why? Why did Jesus, on his own initiative, add the second commandment to the first? One's enough. Now he gives us two. Why? Why did he give two? Why did he answer the question with two answers? Instead of just answering the question with one. See, what's going on here is that Jesus demonstrates that our love for God must be translated into love for people. Many claim to love God, but their treatment of people did not demonstrate that love for God. We could sit here and say, oh, I love God. I love Jesus. I Feel him in my heart. Well, how's your relationships? Do you know disciples of Jesus probably should absolutely probably learn to be the most gifted, not gifted, most taught, most trained people when it comes to interpersonal relationships? Period. Because if you're going to love God, you're going to learn to love people. John says it another way. In 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, verse 20, he says, If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he does he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, Whoever loves God must also love his brother. <laughs> I've been around long enough. I don't hate my brother. I just don't like him very much. <laughs> Jesus nails indifference. You must love. No indifference, no rudeness, no shutting down, no disrespect, no impatience, no excuse making, no ignoring. The elephant in the room. You must love. And the challenge here is that all Scripture hangs, rotates around, or rotates around this concept. Nothing in Scripture can be obeyed. Nothing in Scripture can cohere and or truly be, or be obeyed unless these two Scriptures are obeyed. In other words, the whole Bible is worthless if we don't understand that if we're going to love God, we've got to learn how to love other people. You know, back when I was single, I used to go to the chiropractor school. I'm a chiropractor by education. And I used to drive from Chicago to my grandparents' house in Iowa. It's about a five-and-a-half-hour drive. Had a little Datsun 210, 1980. That thing can run 50 miles on just the sniff of gas. <laughs> and so I would drive to Iowa, and I'd visit my grandmother. And my grandmother, bless her heart, she would take care of me, love me, but she would say, have you checked your oil? Todd, go check your oil. Go check it. And I'm like, golly, just, Grandma, I love you. Quit nagging me. Go check your oil. Every time, go check your oil. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check my oil. Pull out the diptych. Dang, it's empty. I'm like, man, I'm glad. I, pu- I, I listened to her, and I checked in. It, it was empty, and I put like four, three, four quarts of oil in the thing. It was great for about a month until I was driving down 290, and my engine seized up in the middle of Chicago on the west side. If, you don't, if you're not from Chicago, you don't know. There's like one place you don't, uh, south side's nothing. The west side, you don't want to be a part of. My car broke down. 290. Should have checked the oil. And see, loving God and loving people is the oil in the engine of the church. (laughs) Without this oil, the church can make some advances, but eventually will come to a grinding halt. Same thing with your family. Same thing with your relationships. If you don't have this oil flowing through it, it's going to come to a grinding halt. Making disciples of all nations, planning churches, giving to missions, being a light, salt of the wor- world, but no love, indifference, edginess, aloofness, detached. It's worthless. Have you checked your oil lately? You know, as a church, we're reading 40 days of community. For those of us who are members of the church. Are you almost done? Why not? No, seriously, you don't have to look down. I mean, I know when I hit something, like, all of a sudden, no eye contact. I don't, don't look at them. And all of a sudden, then it's like, it's okay, because I'm not getting eye contact. Karen, raise your hand up. There you go, amen, all right. No, seriously, are you reading the book? Are you almost done? Have you been looking at things and being like, okay, man, I'm getting a lot of practicals. I'm getting a lot of things I can learn. I'm understanding how I can love other people, and it's community, it's us, we're together. And so, you know what, I'm reading this book because I want to learn and grow, because I understand how important this oil is. are you you know I want to share three ways to love just three not hundreds but three ways in the community three ways that I believe that we show our love and again there's more but I want to hit these three one is time time do you know I like that clock that's sweet I didn't put that there, but okay, that was okay. You took a chance, and you're, you're, you made it, all right? Don't do it again. Amen. <laughs> time is our most precious gift. You only have so much of it, and you can never get it back. You can say relationships are important, but see, we prove it by investing time. Your presence makes a difference. Again, I don't know our security, I don't know how we're feeling about ourselves, I don't know if you feel good or bad or you're struggling with depression or whatever the case may be. Do you know that your presence, your time, means something to other people? And it's difficult to to be motivated. It's difficult to become motivated, to love people without first seeing and feeling their needs. And see, the secret is to spend time with them. When you spend time with someone, you understand them, you get them, you see their needs, you understand where they're at. A couple weeks ago in the Northwest Women, a few weeks ago, the women had a a retreat or an overnighter. And the the title was All of Me. And I appreciate that, all of me, versus part of me. You know, the song, part of me loves part of you. You (laughs) How would we like to have a relationship with someone that says, you know, I just like that much of you. Or this part of you. I just want to deal with this part of you. I don't want to love you. But see, that's how we're trained in the world. That's how the world trains us and teaches us that we just want to love what we like, or we want to love what we want to love. We don't want to love the whole, we just want to love the part. You see, God says, give me all. Give me all of your heart. All of your soul. All of your mind. And we fight and we struggle because, you know, we want to be selfish and we want to hold on. Because I just really want to like this part of you. And again, so worldly. I can love your body. I can love what you do for me. I can love your money. I can love your personality. Maybe there's a couple things of you that I like, but I don't want to like the whole thing. But see, Jesus wants us to spend time, give of ourselves. Second, number two, money. I just have to do it. Money, 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 money. I almost threw it up there. Amen? Money. How's another way to love? Money. You know, it's it's interesting. You can... It's like, you know, money is an indicator of how much you love. You know, now, technically, it is a commodity, like oil. It's, money is something you can trade. Money is a raw material. It can be bought and sold. So technically, money is a commodity. Don't look it up in the internet, because it's true. <laughs> Let's look at two scriptures. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Money. Verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Then 1 John chapter 3. But if anyone has worldly goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Money. I believe money is a window into our heart. It reveals. It reveals what's important. Again, nine pound dog. It wasn't the dog that I was sacrificing for. Okay, for those who don't get it, it was Patty I was sacrificing for. (laughs) It reveals what's important to us. And the challenge is, it's not the amount, but it's the sacrifice. It's like if someone gives more money, 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 okay? It's not, oh, they love more. No, it's not it. It's the sacrifice. How much does it cost you? How much does it hurt? How much is it, uh, uh. You know, that dog put my truck dreams back. I'm I'm I got the color picked out now. But ain't no no truck because now we're taking care of a nine pound dog. You know, Mother Teresa has a great quote. And she said, At the end of life, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we've received, how much money we have made, how many great things we have done. We will be judged by, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was homeless, and you took me in. Man, that's haunting. Haunting. You know, well, again, I just remember now what, what, what else was going on our week last week. Is our next door neighbor, Tony Nanetta, and many of you met Tony Nanetta. They've come to church, they've studied the Bible, and... And they'll come again, and they'll come to Bible Talk and family group. I mean, our family group looks at them like, yeah, they're members. I mean, you know, they come all the time, and that's great. You know, their house got gutted out. Fire! I heard commotion, I was working on a lesson, and and I heard all this noise, and I looked out, and there was billows of smoke coming out of their front house. You know, did I share this? Okay, so I got my little hose, and I'm like squirting off my roof, you know. (laughs) know. No, I didn't do that. I took pictures, amen, <laughs> and you know, their, their house literally got gutted, and if you've ever been in a, I mean, this is like bad burn, their office, totally toast, and it was the worst room a house can burn, because it's got all their mementos, all their awards from the military, all their stuff from Germany, all those, the cool little room that you go in like, whoa, this is kind of cool, Gutted. And then the smoke all through the house and in the roof and and literally they, they say that you gotta get if you don't get like food out of the refrigerator, like the freezer within like 30 minutes, toss it. Because it's damaged. In the freezer? I'm like, you don't know me, I'll eat anything. I mean <laughs> And so their house was gutted. You know, it didn't even enter our mind. It didn't even enter our mind not to have them stay with us. Not even an issue. Oh, you're staying with us. You're, you're going to, uh, however long until you get your insurance taken care of. And they, they, they got insurance. That's a good thing. But it's like, you know what? No, you, we, dude, we got two extra rooms. Come. So they did. They came in, and, and, they, and they moved into our, ha- our one room, and, you know, they just, like, became family. In fact, after the first night, they said, hey, we won't go to the other bedroom. We think it's more comfortable. And I'm like, great, fine, whatever. They ate with us. They stayed with us. They're able to deal with their house. And, and in fact, what happened is that, you know, even after they moved out into the hotel they got for another week until their apartment's ready, um, we still had them come over to the house and feed them. It wasn't even an issue. You know, George, bless his heart, George knows my mentality about, my attitude about uh, being a church leader, a staff member, is that I want to be as generous as possible. The board's learning that lesson. Todd wants to be as generous as possible. We've got this. Let's spend it. Let's give it. If, we, if it's in our power, let's be generous. Now, I want to be wise. I think we need to be wise with what God gives us. But you know what? If we can be generous, be generous. Money. Third, number three, words. Time, money, words. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. says, in the Proverbs, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, but those who eat it will eat well, those who love it will eat its fruits life and death for who exactly life or death for who that's the point what do you love cuz you're going to talk about it what's in your heart it's going to be revealed see the fruit of the tongue reveals the heart and the ultimate destiny of the speaker. The fruit of the tongue can give death or life. See, words mean something. The words that come out of your mouth affect you and the other person. You have the power to build up and the power to destroy. You have the power to encourage and inspire You have the power to demean and tear down. You know, probably two-thirds, four-fifths of all our our insecurities and our issues that we deal with probably goes back to how were you communicated with when you were growing up. Seriously. Were you built up and loved? Were you encouraged? Were you given to? Or were you, you know, demeaned and unloved in the words that were spoken to you now don't get all weird like oh I'm gonna talk to my mom and dad when I get home <laughs> just learn from it you know back when I was out of the ministry for a couple years <laughs> there's a guy as my vice president at the company I worked for his name is Joe Smith Joe Smith played soccer at SMU he was the he was the typical he was a cleric straight jaw intense Just all about money. I mean, as a sales position. he he was a driver. And, you know, Joe, I I got along with Joe. He was a great guy, but sometimes we would have it out. And I remember one time is that, you know, in my job I had, I had to write out these like 10, 15 pages reports. And the bottom line was is that we were doing a service providing a service we weren't selling something we were just selling a service and so basically what I did is that I had to go meet with the companies and then I had to tell them okay this is what we're going to do for you and oh yeah it's probably going to cost you about $75,000 and there's no guarantee (laughs) I hated writing those reports I despise it I like the one-on-one hey what's that well let's let's talk man let's talk about this service what we can do for you but then I gotta tell—I gotta write something for your board, and I gotta write something for your administrator. I gotta write something so you can prove, hey, this is what this company is gonna do. I don't want to do that. Joe Smith, Todd, words mean something. Words mean something. Because he was so anal about what I what words I used in these reports. Man, that stuck with me. It's been, what, 18 years now? And I think about that. I really try hard to think about the words that come out of my mouth, much less the internet. And so when I talk to someone, I'm like, okay, before I say it, how's this going to come across? Hey, Alan, you know, that, that new song you sang, that was pretty good for losers. <laughs> 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 oh, I was just joking, bro. <laughs> and seriously, un- backhanded, underhanded. Around the side. Oh, was that encouraging or was that discouraging? Now I can do that to Alan because I already said it was a good song, I enjoyed it, and two, Alan knows me well enough that I can give him a hard time. But seriously, you say something to someone, how's that oh wow, that could really be kind of mean. Words. Words mean something. Now the challenge we have is that you know what, it's my time, it's my money, it's my words. But again, we're studying out the ministry of Jesus. Jesus loved God. And you saw how Jesus loved people. Let's look at another scripture, back in Matthew chapter 9. J- J- Matthew 9, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest field. You know, I love that verse. This is my motivator right here. For, that's, this is why, this scripture right here is why I'm in the ministry. Why I went in the ministry. Why I was willing to get back in the ministry because of this verse. And it wasn't because, ah, the harvest is plentiful. Ah, let's bring them in. It's because Jesus looked at the crowds. He saw them where they were people, harassed and helpless. And it says he had compassion on them. So, do you have compassion on people? Do you love people? You're here. So evidently, there's something about you that says, I want to love God. And that's great. Amen. But how do you show it with other people? Because, see, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we've got to learn how to love people. So we talked about three things. Time. Your presence. It it just shocks me. It, it, It appalls me that as disciples of Jesus... We can let things get in our time when it comes to the community, the body. You know, for instance, we had a father-daughter dance. That was great. I don't have a daughter. But part of me was like, man, I need to go find somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> I need to go find a little girl, you know, or a teenager or a college student or a single, someone who wants to go to the father-daughter dance that doesn't have a daughter, you know, but, or doesn't have a father. But you know what? Hey, Amen. I was busy last night. But I do have a wife. <laughs> and you know what? The marriage retreat's important. Yeah. So I need to sign up for the marriage retreat. Are you? Yeah. Uh, you know, mid- <laughs> <laughs> in midweek, I was uh, going after the brothers a little bit. You know, I, I had like four brothers come up to me and like, oh yeah, during your talk, or Gord's talk, I signed up for the marriage retreat, <laughs> you yeah. And I'm like, you dog, you, you know. Amen, <laughs> hey, but they're signed up. You know, you know, midweeks, house churches, Bible talks. You know, the men's midweek, were you there? Were you there? And if you weren't, why not? Did you get advice? Did you get input? Discipling times. Bible studies. You know, how about the two mission plannings we're sending out? Oklahoma City, Corpus Christi. Or is it on our heart like, man, maybe I'll go. Maybe my time, maybe my presence on this team is really going to help the kingdom of God. Do you want to go to Corpus? Are you willing to go to Oklahoma City or, Tol- or Norman? Seriously. Your time, your presence, discipling. You know, there's a scripture here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. We've read this. It says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. You know, there's times that some of us are going to suffer. There's times that some of us are going to be honored. But we're all to suffer together, or we're all to rejoice together. But, but how can you if you're not there? Seriously. How can you rejoice? You know, the old quins they just had a, a little... Baby, d- g- girl, granddaughter, and a little cutie, little chubby cheeks, and all pretty. Cries. Sally sent Patty a video of the baby crying. <laughs> Pat and Brigitte are like, "Oh, so cute!" Oh. <laughs> you know, or, or you know, so we're 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 celebrating with Sally because Shade's at home recovering from surgery. But we're celebrating. On the other hand, you know, maybe someone has diverticulitis. Maybe someone had surgery. Maybe someone lost their job. Maybe someone didn't make the team. But how can you suffer with them if you're not there? No, no, seriously. How can you rejoice or suffer if you're not there? And so our presence, our time, is an indicator of how much we love the body. So I'm willing to sacrifice my time. Yeah, I am. Because I know my presence is important to other people. Money. You know, we're starting off special missions contribution. Kick it off. Just kicked it off right there. You just saw the official start. Five hundred thousand dollars. Corpus is going to take their chunk <laughs> Oklahoma City is going to take their chunk People and money <sighs> God gun it, <laughs> yeah. But you know what about Eurasia You want to be in a tough spot right now You go live in Russia Seriously We had a staff meeting the other day And we shared about that I had Leanne share about what it's like to be in Russia Like five years ago or ten years ago And now And it's going to get harder for the Russians Because of one person You know, how about those in Mexico, Mexico City, Monterey? You know, the goal is $500,000. That's about 10 times what we normally give on a weekly basis. See, if you're sacrificing, that's going to really challenge you to give 10 times what you're already sacrificing. Why? For others. Because I want to love other people. Those in need. Now, there's people around us that are in need. Who are they? What do they need? They need food? They need housing? Hospitality. When was the last time you had a neighbor over? When was the last time you fed somebody? When was the last time you had someone like, you know what? I don't care if they invite me back. I want them in my house. I want to feed them and show them some hospitality. Money. God's blessed you with some. Use it to love other people. Words. Words, affirmation, inspiration. I love that. I love encouraging people. I love going up to him and saying, man, you did a great job. I got there with a brother this week. He's going through hard times. There's all sorts of things. I looked at him in the eye, and it was so encouraging to me, telling him, bro, you are an awesome man of God, and you are doing a phenomenal job. Because he is, but I wanted to tell him that I thought he was doing a great job. Because maybe some he doesn't hear it, maybe he doesn't feel it sometimes. How about inspiration? Being inspired, man, I can go do something else. I can go beyond. I can go beyond who I am or what God's where where I'm at right now. I'm inspired. You know what? I'm going to inspire somebody else. Or my words. What's best for them at this time. You know, maybe someone's being a knucklehead. Seriously. Maybe someone's being a knucklehead. Who's going to love them and tell them, dude, that was stupid. I love you. You're awesome. But that was stupid. That was, that was mean. I've gotten together with couples before, or hanging out, and, and, and someone would say something or do something, and I'm like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know, like, Okay. You know, I'm serious, I'm, I'm like, I'm making those kind of motions, you know, and I'm thinking, what do I do? And, and then I'm like, okay, I, I just got to go tell that brother what I thought, how he treated his wife in my presence. Yeah, bro, you know, that's, that's kind of edgy. That's kind of, that was unloving. Now, I don't know what's going on or things like that, but really there's no reason for you to talk to your wife that way. So if some of you can have words with Patty and how she treats me, I'd really appreciate it, you know? <laughs> So, what's best for them that's discipleship do you think about your words do you think how your words can give life versus death then lastly first John chapter 3 verse 16 last verse before we take communion by this we will know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives For our brothers. Again it's the ministry of Jesus. Why are we here? Because we want to be disciples of Jesus. What do we do? We do the ministry of Jesus. Preaching to a lost world. Teaching. Keeping the saved saved healing because we're in a broken society and how do we do it we love we love God we love our brothers and our sisters the way we love ourselves, and that means I have to get out of myself that means there's things about me that I have to change there's things about me that I have to be open about or at least open for input when they see that so I can love the way Jesus loved I can love in such a way that pleases God. So now as we take communion, I pray that we'll evaluate the time that we have. I pray that we evaluate the money that we have. And I pray that we'll evaluate the words that we have. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Father, our God, we come to you now humbled and grateful for this opportunity to worship together. Father, thank you for all the preparation, the hard work. God, thank you for the singing. God, thank you for your son. God, we pray that at this time that we'll consider the ministry of Jesus. And Father, the the life that we ought to live on this earth. And God, the precious time, the precious money, and the precious words that you've given us. God, help us think of our brothers and sisters. Help us to deepen our convictions about giving you glory. We love you, and it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.